Um, I've looked around the audience this morning, and uh, I've seen, seen several new shirts. Uh, I've seen some new dresses. I've seen a couple baby dolls that have been floating around here. Uh, if your home has been like my home, there have been a lot of gifts that have been given over the last, over the last 24 to 48 hours, and, and maybe even over the, over the coming days. Um, I was asking several people, so what was the best Christmas present that you got? And you'd be surprised at how people freeze with, 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 that, with that question. But uh, I, heard, I heard about um, a gymnastics bar, um, which shows that some people's trash is other people. Like, like if you gave me one, that, but they were very excited about gymnastics on cloud shoes. I don't even know what that is. Uh, but I looked it up in between Bible class, and that JC, they look expensive, so they ought to be good, right? That's how that works. Uh, I, 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 let's see, there was a, there was a, uh, a golf cart, a Disney castle that was this big, I was told. Uh, I mean, it, it was really just kind of interesting going around the room. One person... Um, Gavin Robinson told me, and I won't tell you whose whose child he is, but but he just said money. <laughs> That's what I was. Okay, great, great. Uh, uh, what, what, one adult told me that they got a whole pod, you know, like a shipping container, full of stuff from Syracuse, New York. So that's pretty tough. I mean, that'd be pretty pretty tough. Yeah, that'd be pr- pretty substantial. I don't know what it was full of, but it, but it was something good. Right? I mean, it's kind of it's just kind of fun to, to think about it and, 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 to, and to talk about it. Uh, I want to talk this morning about the greatest gift. And, and I'm not talking about this gift simply because we're here in a church building this morning. I want us to really be overwhelmed with the gift that we've received. PS5, right? Be a big deal. Deacon, if you, if you had gotten a PS5, would that have been a big deal? <laughs> if, right? But he didn't get one, I promise you that, for multiple reasons, right? Our name wasn't on the list. But I want us to really be overwhelmed with the gift that God gives to us. It, it's, it's better than everything else that, that we just named. And I named some pretty good stuff, right? I named some pretty good stuff. We, we've all gotten a lot of stuff over the last 24 to 48 hours. I want us to think about the greatest gift that you have ever or will ever receive. It is the gift of eternal life. Go in your Bibles to John 3 and verse 16, and you probably don't even have to turn there. It's a verse that, well, we're so familiar with it. And it's one of those verses that sometimes we almost become too familiar with it uh, because it's just it just can kind of roll off off the end of our tongue right uh, when we get to John 3 and verse 16 it's like we're we're trying to, to, to say it so so quickly but but you understand for God so loved the world wouldn't it be something if we just stopped right there I mean w- wouldn't it be just an amazing gift just to be able to say that we have received the love of God for, for a lot of the adults, and it seemed that the older that, that, that they got in, in the audience, as I asked you, what was the best thing that you got for Christmas? You know what the answer was? It was my family. It was my family. You see Tony and Debbie over here? I mean, they're, they're just smiling from ear to ear. They got their girls, but they got, they, they got their family with them. 
I mean, I mean, who who cares? Who cares about the new dress shirt, right? I mean, th- th- I mean, although I do like the, the new dress shirt that I got, but but man, just to be able to be with with my son and my daughter, and and we we actually in, in our household we actually put the grandparents on Zoom. And it took a little bit of doing. Uh, we took uh, to, to help them figure out the technology. I don't know why we've done this before, but every time it takes a little bit of doing. But it's okay because we had them there with us. We all felt that. I hope that we felt that. I hope we had that privilege. We hope we had, we had that gift. If we didn't open anything else, that we were just together with people that we love and that love us. But but take that and say, what about God? What about this, this outlandish statement, that, not just to say that, that the greatest gift I received was, was to be with my family, but that the greatest gift was just to know that God loves me. The creator of all the universe. He loves me. The psalmist, the psalmist wouldn't state this as, 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 as simply a fact that, of course, everybody knows that God loves us. Sometimes in our world we become very, very um, ethnocentric, right? We assume the love of God. But, but he would ask this question, why? What is man? <laughs> why would God love me? Why would God care anything about what's going on in my life? About Wes Hazel down here in Valdosta, Georgia? Would you be surprised? Would you be surprised if, if the governor of the state of Georgia knew me, and loved me. Would that surprise you? It surprised me. I bet he doesn't even know my name, even though I voted for him. Doesn't even know my name. What if I told you that the President of the United States knows me and loves me? Would you be shocked at that? You know the President? Wow! You know, whatever your politics are, I mean, I'm, anybody in here know the president? Is there anyone in this room that the president knows you? Anybody? Really? No, but not even a single soul. Anybody surprised by that? I'm not surprised by that. I wouldn't expect the president to even know who you are. What about the eternal creator, God? What if I said that he loves me? He loves me, and he knows about me, and he cares about me, and, and, and he works within my life. That's the statement we just make. I mean, wh- what is man? I don't understand why I've been blessed in the way that I have. I don't understand the, 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 the blessing that I have to have the wife that I have, the son that I have, the daughter that I have, the, 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 the parents that I have. To say that God loves me? I mean, just don't, don't, don't just rush over that. Don't be in such a hurry to, 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 get, to get this verse out of our, out of our mouth that, that we, we, miss, we miss the opportunity to, to, to say, wow, God loves me. And those are not just words. Easy to talk about what you love. But He shows us His love in that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's so exciting when you see what you have in that box. 
it's been wrapped up and you think you know and, and maybe you've, you've went and you've, you've, you've shook the box a little bit and, and you've, you've heard rumblings, maybe even, even peaked a, a time or two. Uh, but you open it up and the gift that you receive, man, if, if, you, could, if you could get any gift, what, what would it be? You ever see those, those TV commercials where people get a new car? The people get a new car, and it's like sitting out front. And it's got this big ribbon that's sitting on it. I, I saw I saw this this meme, and it it had this this couple that was outside, and they had a car, and it had a big ribbon on it. And the husband was telling his wife, he said, "Well, it's really just a rental, but I'm messing with the neighbors." <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I thought, yeah, I, I would do that, but I don't too cheap to rent a car. But 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 to understand, what would it be like? What what, what I mean what. What if what if it was a new a new house? Maybe it was diamonds. Maybe maybe it was jewelry. Maybe maybe you got the, the video game system that everybody else wanted, but you got it. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? Maybe maybe it's a giant Snickers bar, right? I mean, we're, we're kind of getting the spectrum here, but whatever it is, man, I've gotta have that. Wouldn't it be awesome if that was under the tree? What if I told you, what if I told you that God loves you, that God loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son? The gift is the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for you. Sometimes we, we understand this, that, that we receive gifts that aren't about physical possessions, but, but maybe they're acts of love or they're acts of service. And, and we cherish those things. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome that, that, that we can go out of our way? We talked about those priceless gifts, even as simple as, as something as, as giving a compliment. Finding some way to wash other people's feet when we don't have to. The Son of God died for us. That's the gift. He didn't have to do that. Once again, just like, we don't, just like we should never take the love of God for granted, we should never take the gift of Jesus for granted. Sometimes we're guilty of doing that, aren't we? Have you ever spurned the invitation? Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever sit in an auditorium and you, and you listen to the message and you said, or maybe not even, maybe you just said in your home, and you were reading from the Bible, and you said, that's talking about me. That's calling on me to, to, make, to make some change in, in the way that I walk. That's calling on me to, to be transformed as a man, to be, to be transformed in the, into the image of Christ. That's going to impact the type of husband or wife or son or daughter or employee or member of the, of the church I am. It's going to impact my, my, my holiness and my piety before the Lord. Have you ever had that moment and you think, that's talking about me? And then you proceeded to do nothing about it. Anybody ever done that? I'll raise my hand first. Anybody else want to raise their hand that, 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 that they've done that? A few people. So you people that don't have your hands up, once, every time you make a connection, you're like, I am running down the aisle. Is that the way that works? 
Raise your all's hands. All right. The alternative is uh, you're not listening or you're not being convicted. Why do we do that? Why, why do we do that? Why do we spurn the invitation? Well, we spurn the invitation as, as, good, as good-willed people, right? We're here on a Sunday morning, and the rest of the world is not here. I, I believe that if you're here, you, you, you really do want to be pleasing to God. I truly believe that about you. But we assume that we'll have another opportunity. We assume, we assume that Jesus, well, of course the opportunity will be there to respond to Jesus. And just because I didn't respond today, that doesn't mean I don't intend on responding. Just because I, I, I didn't make that change today, that doesn't mean that I don't intend on one day making that change. Has that ever happened to us? Of course it does. And it's because we're assuming Jesus. We're assuming that invitation, that that sacrifice will always be there and will always be available. It, it, it will not. It didn't have to be there in the first place. And one day... And one day, the fact of Jesus will not change, but your opportunity to receive that gift will change. Because it is a gift. It's not, just, it's not just Jesus. It's what Jesus leads us to. It's what His death enables us to partake of. Eternal life. Eternal life. I want us to be a people who think more about eternity who think more about a heavenly home that is waiting, that is waiting for, for, for you and for me. What if you didn't have any presents under your tree, but you knew that you had a home in heaven above? That's what Jesus was telling his disciples. And he wasn't talking about the gift giving season, he was talking about the crucifixion season. And he knew that he knew how difficult that was going to be. Do you know what he told them? I go to prepare a place for you. He's saying, I want you to put your focus on heaven. I, I, don't, I don't know if we'll continue to receive gifts in the same way that we have. But, but may we know that whether we receive the, the physical and the material things of this life on and on, or we never receive another gift. That we have a home in heaven. And may we say, and that is enough. Not only that that is enough, may we say, and that supersedes every other gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Paul would say it like this in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. For the wages of sin is death. You remember, you remember when you were a kid, and there's and there's there's all this pressure. Have you been good this year? Have you been good this year? There's a there's a Christmas song that I quite enjoy. Um, I, I'm getting nothing. No, no, he says I'm getting nothing for Christmas. You remember why, Daniel? You remember why? Because I ain't been nothing but bad. I would sing it, but it's, I don't know. I'm struggling even to say the words. But, but you, you, you get the song, right? Better be on your best behavior. What about when you have been nothing but bad and you still receive a gift? That's what grace is. That's what grace is. 
For the wages of sin is death. What we deserve is a whole bunch of coal. No, it's not coal. It's fire and brimstone and eternal, eternal hellfire. Look, that's the, that's the death he's talking about here. I'm not trying to be a downer, but I'm trying to help us understand what, what, what the text is saying. But, like, I know what I deserve because of my sin, but, but, yet, but yet here is this God who loves me, and what he presents is this free gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That I can stand up here and I can say I have a home in heaven. I have eternal life that is before me. Not because of who I am, but because of, but because of who my Savior is. I, I don't know if you've, got good, if you've got good gifts under your tree. But I'm telling you that there, that there is an awesome God who is striving to give you this greatest gift. If you will only receive it. There are things that are attached to this that, that they kind of come with it. They're the accessories, if you will, of, of knowing that you have eternal life. Listen, if you don't know that you have eternal life, you, you won't have any, any of the accessories. But, but, but if you have eternal life, these are things that come with it. We could think about the, the great gift of peace. Wouldn't it be great? People, people have said for years and years, if you had one wish, what would you wish for? Someone will say, peace on earth. Peace on earth. Wouldn't you be happy just to have peace in your own life? Wouldn't you? And all the worries and the trials and the anxieties and, and, and all the things that we're taking to God. Paul writes about this in Philippians chapter 4, and he says, And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, he's not saying God's going to take away all your problems. Not what he's saying. He's saying that you can come to a place where you know, no matter what is happening in your life, that it's okay. Because you've taken your burdens and you've given them You've given them to that holy God. You've cast them upon Him. Wouldn't that be a great gift? I bet Amazon would sell out of that in a heartbeat. If, if, if they had a package that would deliver peace. Amazon come to anybody's house over the last couple of weeks? Like, Did you feel like you need to leave a, a, a cookies or something for, for the Amazon delivery man? I, I saw somebody online that actually did something like that. I mean, I, I drove around my neighborhood, and you could always tell if people were out of town for a day or two because they were like these packages that just stacked up outside their house. I do that because of burglars, but I'm just a nosy neighbor. But, 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 but to see that, that all these things that, that were going... Listen, we, we live in this world where people are constantly trying to find something that will bring them peace and, and joy, and, and nothing brings you peace and joy in this world. It brings you momentary, momentary peace, momentary satisfaction, momentary joy, but it's always short-lived. You, you, you find true peace, everlasting peace in Jesus. 
He is the one that will guard your hearts and your minds. When you truly begin to understand that He is the one that is in control. The gift of peace. The gift, the gift of, of hope. I think more and more as our world becomes hopeless. The gift of hope that only comes from knowing the Lord. What about tomorrow? What do you know about tomorrow? What do you know about 2022? You, you know nothing. You think you know. But the warning from the biblical writers such as James and the warnings that come from your own life experience, they tell us you don't know. You don't know about tomorrow. You think you know. But do you have hope? I'm going to tell you, I have hope. Not because I've got this thing all mapped out or I have all the answers, but I know Jesus Christ. Peter said in 1 Peter 1 Peter 1 and verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy caused us to be born again to a living hope. Do we have reason to be hopeful about the future? Hold on. Put, put, put that to the side. Do we have some reasons to be pessimistic about the future? Do we? Have some reasons to be pessimistic about the future? Anybody ever watch the news? Are there reasons to be pessimistic about the future? Did anybody live through the last two years? Do we have reasons to be pessimistic about the future? If, if, if history repeats itself, do we have reasons to be pessimistic about the future? Shake your head up and down, right? That's if you're having trouble staying awake. Shake your head up and down. Of course we do. But he says in Christ we are born again to a living hope. To be hopeful about the future. That doesn't mean that I have this pie in the sky thing that, that, that I don't think that anything bad's going to happen. No, I'm talking about the one who was crucified. Like my hope is in a man who was crucified on the cross. My hope is in a man that people spit in his face. My hope is in a man that had nails driven into his, into his hands and into his feet. My hope is in a man who was shamed before all of creation. So, so don't think that I'm greater than my master. But my hope is also in a man. You know this. It's the reason that we come together on the Lord's day. My hope is also in a man who was resurrected from the dead. To understand that no matter, no matter what life might throw at me, that is not the end of the story. Life can throw some pretty tough curveballs, can it? Sometimes when I'm struggling to have hope, but I have to remember that my hope is not found in myself or my own power or my own might or my own strength, but that my hope is found, my hope is, is firm in Jesus. Man, I don't know if you got a new shirt for Christmas or not, okay? But I'm going to tell you, if you have hope in tomorrow because you know that your Savior lives, that you can, that you can look whatever this world throws at you and you can look it right in the eye and not flinch not because of who you are but because of who your savior is what a gift what a gift the gift of forgiveness anybody ever said anything done anything thought anything that you wish you hadn't but you did 
You wish you could take it back, but you can't. What are you going to do about your sin? What are you going to do about that thing that you've done that brings about the wage of eternal death? Feel the helplessness. Don't assume the grace of God. Don't assume Jesus. Don't assume His sacrifice. I'm just going to tell you that without Him, you can do nothing. To know that I can turn to Him and receive forgiveness. To be born again. I've, I'm, I'm thinking about some people in particular in my life right now that have done some really... Hmm, what's the word I want to look for? Dumb things? No, that should be biblical. They've done some sinful things. To know that their life is not over is a powerful thing. We're going to talk more over the next few months about how we as a church can, can embrace that gift as we give it to others. But to know, to know that, 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 that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the exact opposite of the cancel culture that we live in. Our God does not look at us and, 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 we, and we sin one time and we are done forever and ever and that is the end of the story. May you never be heard from again. That's what our culture is. More and more, right? But we serve this God that says, that says if we sin against Him seven times in one day, seven times, and we keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And we keep coming back to the point that our own brethren are looking and they're even questioning our sincerity. Do you know what He does? He forgives us. That's powerful. When there is nowhere else to turn, the invitation of Jesus is always there for us. The gift of forgiveness is always there. It is the greatest gift of all to know Jesus. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, in verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I hope that puts a smile on your face. It's the gift of God. The prophets say that we have a God who desires to show mercy. I know that He is a God of justice and a God of wrath and all of those things, but He is a God who desires to show mercy. Parents, were you excited? Were you excited to give good to give good? I can't talk. Were you excited to give good gifts to your parent? To it's been a long weekend. Were you excited to give good gifts to your children and your grandchildren this weekend? Aren't you excited about it? I heard you talking and the plans that you were making and we're hiding this there and we're putting this over there and they're going to love it and, and we went into debt for the next decade to make this happen and all these things, right? All these things that, that, that we've... Jesus says, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children... Oh, he's talked about me, right? But he's, 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 he's getting in on this thing that we all know. I want good things for my children. I want them to be pleased. I want them to be blessed. How much more so? How much more so does God desire to give you the gift of salvation?
don't, don't spurn it. Don't spurn it. When, when, when Deacon was little, and yeah, he doesn't mind me telling stories about him, but when Deacon was little, he, he, struggled, he struggled with uh, how he responded to gifts that weren't exactly what he wanted. Okay? And, and this, this could become an issue, you know, like he's, a little bit of genetics of like, it doesn't matter what comes out your mouth, your face kind of gives it away. And, and so one of the things that his mother had him do as we got ready for Christmas is she had him practice opening bad gifts. You know, it'd be like, here's a can of Spam in a bag, practice opening that. Oh, this is wonderful, right? It's like until you got to the point that, you know, when, when Grandma would get you the sweatsuit, you're like, thanks, Grandma, this is just what I've always wanted. I don't know, maybe, that's, maybe we ought to all practice that, but we come, we come as people who have received so much. Whether it's the Christmas season or just the living season. When I was sitting there in, in my pew it's fell out of my Bible. That's our list. We did that at Thanksgiving as our family. You guys remember us talking about that? A hundred, or we got to 101 things and people that, that God has blessed us with. Pretty good. Some of you guys even have your name on this list. God's given us so much. He's given us so much. But all of those things and all of those people are just a foreshadowing of the greatest gift that He wants us to have. And that is eternal life. Friends, if you don't have eternal life, it is not because of our good God. It is simply because you have spurned His invitation. And so He extends the invitation again. Can you believe it? He extends it again, trying to give us the greatest thing we will ever receive, the thing that will change everything in this life and in your eternity. The question is, the question is, will you receive it with joy in your heart? Or will you spurn Him? I don't know. Maybe we need to practice our answer to the invitation. If you're with us today, know that Jesus Christ loves you and died for you and shed His blood for you and invites you to come to be born again, to be washed in that watery grave and to arise to walk in a newness of life with your sins forgiven. Nothing else can do that. No one else can do that. He can and He will. He invites you to, to return even though, even though you have not only drifted, you have ran away from Him. But He says, I still want you back. I still want you to be forgiven. He invites you to bring your burdens and your cares and your anxieties, which can be sky high. He says, you bring them to me. You bring them to me and you let me carry those things. And you walk with a peace that passes all understanding. It's almost too good to be true except that it is true. And He invites you and He invites me. You come as we stand and as we sing.